Hello Forever family. My name's Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor. And today's message is called Reset Our Minds. So I have a question for you. How do we hit Control-Alt-Delete on our thoughts so that we can get rid of the ones that um, are not exactly great? Or maybe get rid of the thoughts that we really don't want to consume our time. So let's do this. Let's look at Romans 8. We're going to start with verse 5 and go through 9. Okay, now this is from the NIV version. So it says, in starting in verse 5, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Ouch. And then in verse 9 it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Ouch. There's a lot in that to unpack. So let's, let's look at this. Let's break this down with some kind of an, uh, like parable example that everybody can relate to. Because I'm a very visual person, so that's a must for me. Okay, so have you ever had the computer that's running so slow that you decided to hit Control-Alt-Delete? If you haven't, these are the command keys that gives you a chance to see what programs are running in the background and which ones are using up the memory space of your computer. The programs that you want to stop running, you just hit end task now. Sometimes there are programs running that we didn't even realize were in the background running. These programs are very much a distraction because they're using up the brain injury, uh, the brain energy, not the injury, energy of our computer. Sometimes our um, computers have things that automatically download in the background. This happens when we're on the internet. Most of the time, it's some kind of virus. You know, and after so many of these programs have been downloaded and the computer starts to where it just, it's no longer working, we have the dreaded screen. Have you ever encountered the dreaded blue screen? I don't know about you, but I have many times. So at this point, the only option is to hold down the power button until the computer shuts off, wait a few minutes, and then hit the power button again so that it reboots. But this is the thing, this is this is the critical part. As it's rebooting, you're holding control in F3. You see, this brings up the safe mode of the computer. And there'll be a few questions that it'll ask you. This is the computer's way of diagnosing what are you wanting to do? Because you're really not just supposed to find your way to that screen unless you intentionally want to be there. So at this critical point, your computer, if you are not careful with your questions, 
your computer can't go back to factory settings. Now, when this happens, you will lose access to those added features that you had downloaded that you loved and you used all the time. When it goes back to factory settings, the computer will take you through the, the process to set up again, as if you had opened the computer for the first time and you were setting it up. Now, these virus programs, they don't just vanish. They're not just like exterminated like a bug. But really, they have no longer, they, they don't have the control of the computer. They're not in the front of the computer running all the programs and locking up the computer. They're still in the background. Now, your computer may still run slow, and eventually you may have to take it in for repairs, but the dreaded blue, sc the blue screen is gone for right now. And I don't know about you, but when, when this start, when this whole year started, I literally felt like I needed to hit Control-Alt-Delete on my brain. Some of the things that my eyes were seeing were not fully getting processed by my brain. Like, I, I couldn't even rationalize some of the things that I was, I was seeing. And each evening, I would sit and replay the events of the day as if I was trying to look at the list of programs running on the background of the computer. And, you know, sometimes... I, I would have to make a decision of which thoughts I would let finish processing and which thoughts I would hit in task now. Some days I would find myself so overwhelmed by emotions from the events of the day that all I could do was force my brain into a shutdown so that I could rest, you know, as if, as if I was telling a computer to shut down by holding down the power button. Some days I wake up to the breaking news on the TV and I just quickly turn the TV off because I am not going to let the enemy use whatever is on the breaking news to start a chaos fire emotionally within me at 6 a.m. in the morning. Give me time to wake up, wrap my head around some things and focus so that I remain in control of my emotions. But, you know, there comes a point where we need to hit control F, three. We need to re reboot our brains. We need to just go back to factory settings. Because remember, control and F3 will take your computer back to factory settings. So how do we do this? Well, here are some ways. And, and along with these ways, I have scriptures that go with them. So uh, if you're a note taker like I am, I am, I won't like zoom through them. Um, but I will give you a chance to write down the scripture and then you can go back later and look them up. But, you know, as I was preparing this message, the very first thing I kept hearing over and over and over and over was, we must take our thoughts captive. You see, if we don't take our thoughts captive, then our thoughts will take us captive. So 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's the first one. Now the second one is we must be very intentional about our thoughts. We have to be very careful the thoughts that we entertain. Because our thoughts will eventually take root in our heart and they will become our actions, and these actions is what people will see us as. 
Ultimately, they will determine who we are. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. So the next one. We must take our thoughts into captivity through renewing our minds. And I love this one. It's Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. You see, I I don't know about you, but if I have to second guess something or really wonder if it's something good, then it's not from God. If, If I have to make a decision and I have complete peace about it, I know that's God guiding me in a direction. So here's the next way. Number four, we must continually resist the devil and he will flee. I mean, scripture tells us this. James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I mean, Jesus was even tempted by Satan. He's like, bow down to me and I will give you all of the world. He's like, dude, it's mine already. There's nothing you can offer me. There's nothing the enemy can offer you or I that is going to be greater than the blessings that God has in store for us. So let's move, before I just take a whole little squirrel trail here and start preaching right there, let's jump to number five. We must continually surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in us as we keep learning to grow every single day. So we're going to jump into Ephesians 4 for this one, starting in verse 22. Throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You know, this is really hard, too, because we'll have those people that have seen us fall down, seen us stumble, and they'll be the first ones to ridicule us. And then we start second-guessing ourselves. Compare everything you do to Scripture because hurting people will hurt other people. So if that person is hurting, don't let them cast their hurt upon you. Number six. We must continually choose to focus on the good. This is hard sometimes. <laughs> I battle this sometimes because I see the injustice everywhere. I see the wrongs and I want to help make it right. But I have to remember that it's not my battle unless God tells me to stand up for the underdog. So Philippians 4, 8 through 9, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have to learn or receive or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Number seven, we must continually choose to focus on God. The enemy has all kinds of distractions out there for us. 
But if we keep our focus on God, eventually the distractions that he's trying to throw in our face will fade and we won't even see them. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Number eight, don't give up. So many times I'm just tired. I sit, if I watch the news for too long, I'm just crying because of all the innocence that's lost. But don't give up. Please don't give up. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The enemy wants us to give up. He doesn't want us to keep fighting. He doesn't want us to know who we are because of whose we are. And that's a capital W because I'm talking about us belonging to God. Because see, that's where we find our strength and our power. And he knows then he cannot dominate us when we know who we are because of whose we are. Number nine. Always remember we have the victory in Jesus. Always, always. There's times I catch myself just singing victory in Jesus. It just comes up into my spirit. And I I don't know if it's because I've rebuked thoughts for so long and all of a sudden God just covers me with peace because that's what I'm believing. I'm believing that I've, I've rebuked him so many times and prayed for Jesus just to cover me with peace that that song comes up into my spirit. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you cannot simply just say scripture and poof, like magic, your thoughts change. It's a process. If you don't believe me, it's a process. Go back through scripture. Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the desert. It's a process. But the enemy wants to control us through our emotions our decisions, and our actions. Where we allow our time to be spent and our thoughts to dwell, this will become rooted in our hearts. Now, the enemy can only plant seeds of doubt in our heart, but they bloom into destruction. And I really believe that's what we're seeing all around. It's where the enemy has planted so many seeds and they're starting to bloom. Because you see, our actions speak straight from the heart. And when I see people just acting in ways that I can't wrap my brain around, the first question I have is, how much hurt are they dealing with? How bad have they been hurt? You know, soon, if we're not careful, we will become the tool of the enemy. Hurting people hurt people. So if our hearts hold hurt, and our thoughts hold pain and revenge, eventually we will hurt other people through our words and our actions. Lamentations 3.40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. You see, if we do not hit Control-Alt-Delete at the end of the day to look at all of our thoughts 
and end task on many of those thoughts that are not going to bring honor and glory to God, then eventually we will have to hit control F3 and take our thoughts back to the heart of worship by casting out all the thoughts that the enemy is, is using to bring harm. You see, hurting people hurt people, but healed people help people. If we want to see a change in our surroundings, we must go through the reset process of our thoughts and our minds. And it all begins with ourselves. Again, this message is called Reset Our Minds. I hope through this message, God has spoke to you in some way, somehow. Maybe gave you confirmation. Um, maybe I said something that that you've been saying, and that's another way of God saying, yes, this, this is where I need you to start working for the kingdom. But no matter what, like I always say, it costs absolutely zero dollars to speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. And until next time, much agape, everybody.